Hey, it's Jeff here. After working as an automotive tech for almost 25 years, I can honestly say that finding employment with the right shop has been the difference maker between loving what I do every day or hating my career choice. Let me tell you, I've been there, but I've also had jobs where work didn't really feel like work. I love the challenge of fixing cars. So loving what I do, that's the easy part. Finding a good place to do it in, now that's been the struggle. And that's where my friends at ProMotive knock it out of the park. They're a recruitment company specializing in jobs for our automotive industry. A-techs, B-techs, master techs, service advisors, managers, you name it. They are constantly looking for applicants in automotive to link them with available job postings at only the best vested shops around the country. ProMotive has a team of professional recruiters that can help you with your resume, prep you for the interview process, and negotiate the best pay and benefits package for you. And best of all, it's free to anyone looking to gain employment. Check them out at gopromotive.com slash Jeff. gopromotive.com slash Jeff. Just think, you could be just five minutes away from finding your dream job. I worked with a guy that he was famous for putting harnesses in cars, but he didn't put harnesses in cars the way the OE would want them. None of the harnesses he put in ever fixed the car. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to another exciting, thought-provoking episode of the Jaded Mechanic Podcast. My name's Jeff, and I'd like to thank you for joining me on this journey of reflection and insight into the toils and triumphs of a career in automotive repair. After more than 20 years of skin knuckles and tool debt, I want to share my perspectives and hear other people's thoughts about our industry. So pour yourself a strong coffee or grab a cold Canadian beer and get ready for some great conversation. It's been an interesting week, not for doing anything particularly like, oh my God, mentally stimulating. It's just, it's a 2015 Transit 3500 that my boss uses as on our bus fleet, right? So we have a bus fleet that ri- that runs everything from large Prevo uh, motor coaches taking like 60 people anywhere across the country, right? up to Toronto from my place for a ball game, stuff like that. All over, we, we go all over North America with them. So imagine like a tour bus the size of what you'd see a rock star in, that kind of thing, <laughs> all the way down to um, Transit 3500s that we can put, you know, 15 people in and we shuttle people around in that. So we have a, a quite an extensive fleet. So this 2015, uh, last week needed a catalytic converters put in it because it's uh, it's got misfires, it's got the cat is dead on one bank. 2015, it's only, you'd think, that's ah, not even eight years old. It uh, is rusted bad. <laughs> I, have a, I have a section of the floor step well on the passenger side after repair, and then in order to pull the cats in that, the subframe has to come out. And what you saw, the pictures that I sent you, was this: the bolts that go up through the subframe into the body, in a captured nut breaking off. So me then doing the old, you know, try to weld to that to get them out. It was not fun. And I, I mean, I'm pretty good at it, but it's it's one thing to weld like a little M10 bolt in an exhaust manifold cylinder head, right? It's another to weld an M16 <laughs> size bolt oh, in the body when it's broke way up. So I'm, I'm having to kind of like uh, string the MIG wire to kind of start to drip and then let it cool so that I can start to build up and down 
to get a nut on there to, to essentially rebuild the head of the bolt. It was, uh, I won't want to say how long it took me, but I, there's a reason I'm not flat rate working on this stuff is because we got them all out, but we were, it was a day just to get the bolts out. Right. So the job, right. the job is probably under a 12 hour job for sure to do the cats. And I've got way more than 12 hours into it with it when you add into the bolt times and everything else. So, which is my, my boss is great. He is totally cool with, he just wants it fixed properly. Like it doesn't matter what it takes me to do. He is saving money by having us do it versus how long it would have to sit at the Ford dealer before they can yeah. a, even get to it. And then I could show you work orders that have gone sideways of stuff that's gone over there to the Ford dealer. So, I mean, he is just happy to keep as much in house as he can. So, and he's great. I can, he's, I can take him under there, show him what I have to do. He is so cool. He is just, he's awesome. I, this is uh, by far the best boss I've ever had by far in terms of, you know, he doesn't, he's not all wrapped up into how many hours is this supposed to take? And what did it, you know, produce? he doesn't care. He is just like, I have a fleet. I need a mechanic. You're my mechanic. Fix my fleet. That's all I need to hear, boss. Thanks, man. Right. It's funny, right? Like everybody, I'm known as the jaded mechanic, but I mean, I wish, I only hope that everybody finds in their career what I've found, right? And nothing ever stays the same or stays forever. Nothing is permanent. No, kind of tell us and tell the listeners, Give us your, where you work, give us some of your background, your history, you know, why you're in it, what you love about it, that kind of stuff. That's what they want to yeah, know. Yeah, man. And uh, I, I want to say before I, you know, start rattling off all this stuff, uh, I really, I really appreciate the invite. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, I love, you know, kind of meeting, meeting you guys. Like I said, when I, I first met you it was at uh, ASTE. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. it's definitely been an adventure. So I really appreciate it. I like the idea of the podcast. So it was a life changing event, eh? AST. Yeah. For, yeah. for so yeah. many of us, right? Like, dude, or, you're, you're telling me. Yeah. So yeah, I started off, uh, I started off as a VW tech. Um, I worked at, uh, actually, even before that, um, I started off as a, like a service writer. I did service writing for two years or so. I was a Volkswagen oh. tech. I decided that I wanted to branch out and, and just go wild with it. So I worked at a uh, Volkswagen Audi performance shop. Now I'm a, I'm a lowly, uh, you know, hated uh, dealer tech at the local Audi dealer, just just ticking all the independent guys off. Uh, <laughs> hey, no, you don't tick me off. I don't want to work on them. So, you know, doesn't, <laughs> no, no. doesn't bother me There's at all. There's some good ones out there. There's some good ones out yeah. there. Same, same goes on both sides. But uh, yeah. yeah, man, I, uh, I, I mentor a lot of the technicians in the shop. I also, from time to time, uh, you know, will mentor high school or students coming out of any sort of school, uh, whether, whether it be our community colleges. Um, I've also talked to UTI students just about the pathway. It's kind of one of my passions. I mean, I, I, I love working on cars. I love what I do. Sure. I, I've had plenty of bad days, but I enjoy, I enjoy kind of teaching and showing others. That's kind of my, my gig. So, so how many years, Noah, have you been in the industry? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm fairly new compared to all of you guys. I'm yeah. only been in it five years as a tech. I think that two years of advisor, that doesn't really count, but yeah. So I've been in the, I've been in doing automotive for seven years now. So, and it's, it's just been an adventure. 
Did know? you attend a, a school like UTI or did you kind of know? No. It? So, yeah. So I have a buddy of mine. He was a, he was a writer and he was like, you know, I was working retail. Um, um, you know, retails, you know, guys say, you know, being a tech, uh, is, is, is a, is a hard job being retail is like, so thankless. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so I was like, oh, you know, be car there. guy, blah, blah, blah. He's like, Hey man, come to your local dealer. You know, you'll, you'll, you'll just click some buttons on the computer. Uh, you get cash. Everything's great. Um, I found out that's not the, tr- that's, that's not the case. It doesn't go like that. Actually people yell, everybody yells. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, writing, writing was a double-edged sword because I'm a people person. I, mm-hmm. I actually enjoy people, but the service side, at least at a dealer is, you know, I expect that X, Y, Z. And if I don't get it, you know, I'm going to be frustrated. So I was just getting, you know, just like time after time again, bad experience. Texts were mad. Parts was mad going home. Like, ugh. so, you know, and I'd always worked on cars. I'd, I had, you know, I had project cars at the house. I was always going to car meets. I was like, you know, why don't I go wrench? And I'm seeing these guys, you know, I'm, I'm crunching their hours for the week. They're, they're crunch, you know, crushing hours. I'm like, dude, that, that's where it's at. You know, you get to, you get to use power tools. I mean, you know, what could go wrong? I mean, everything could, but um, so yeah, I started out in the shop, you know, they put me as a lube tech that got old really quick. Yeah, dude. You know, I feel for these lube techs too. Look, you know, we, we, you know, there's plenty of lazy lube techs and and say what you want, but dude, it is the same thing every day. And that's Mm -hmm. how I know I'm not fit for like working at a factory or something like that as I can't do the exact same oil change, tire rotate. 24 7 nah, not for yeah me. the variety gets to be where sometimes it's the only plus of the day right is that you did oh, something man. new that it was the first time you did it and you it may kick your butt financially on your paycheck the first <laughs> time you do something but by god you got to do it right you got that experience i mean that's something that uh, it carries some it can get addictive you know for sure. Well, I, I you know what to try. Well, besides so cars and working on cars is what my main passion was. But the other part was I was like, so, you know, the way I understood flat rate and this is this is when I say flat rate, bad word, I know. No, but no, no. Uh, but the way I understood it is I was like, so you're telling me as an as the advisor, I have all these inputs and I get an output. And if one of these inputs like the parts guy's sick, my paycheck was was kind of toast, you know, and that's most advisors. It's it depends, right? But as a technician, you know, the way I understood it at, at that naive time was I could define what my pay would be, right? I, I I didn't have as much of a cap, so I was like, okay, cool, you know, I'll put my head down and I'll, I'll work hard, and uh, yeah, you know, they don't put you on on the you know the line right out the gate, you know, mm-hmm. and every every you know young kid you put in the loop base wants to be a master tech day one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I came in there, I was like, I'm a car guy. I put turbos on. I know. I know all this stuff. I'm, I'm, I I know. I was that yeah. guy. I'm and it was be... about a weekend. I was like, I don't know anything. It's different, I don't know isn't any it? of the stuff I knew. Yeah. Or I thought I knew. Yeah. The enthusiast. So, when we branch out from being the enthusiast to being the professional, right? <laughs> it goes, because what we can live with in, in, a, in our own car or what we can live with in our project car that doesn't serve Mrs. Smith's brand new trying to find her squeak and rattle. She she doesn't care, you know, about the performance under the hood of that thing or, you know, all this different functions that it has. She wants that stupid noise gone, right? And us that drive performance stuff are like me that I I drove Jeeps. I've driven Jeeps for 20 some years now, right? And if it's like, oh, squeak and rattle, <laughs> 
you know does it have death oh, yeah, wobble for sure yeah no well then call me when it has death wobble right like it's um so it was it's it's always i try to keep that in in my perspective is that it looks easy on the outside to everybody that it's just like has watched a tv show or something like oh i can do that Mm, that's not the the glory days are not you know it's it's i make the analogy all the time to the fast and furious that glorified this industry (laughs) i mean so many young people got into it like i can remember so i was already enrolled in my so the very first movie when it came out so that tells you going how far back right 1998 or something is when the first fast and furious i can remember being in college and remember sitting around with these kids and i was a little bit older than them and they're talking about this movie and they were already into, you know, a couple of them had Scirocco's and stuff like that. And some, some, the tuner scene when I'd gone to school in Ottawa was a lot bigger than where I was, had grown up. So, I mean, I was like, and they're talking about this movie that's coming out and they're, and I'm like, huh, what? You know, at the time I was driving a 1980 GMC half done with a warmed over small block <laughs> in it, right? I looked like a hillbilly. I acted like a hillbilly. And there's these kids with all these, you know, front wheel drive, you know, Hondas and the really cool kids had a Volkswagen and, you know, <laughs> a mod, you know, there was an RX-7 and stuff like that. And I'm like, this is so foreign to me. And that movie totally sold this industry to a whole other generation, right? Which is a good oh. thing. Oh, and we're gonna we're gonna loop into that later. Yeah. We're gonna loop into that later. And being an enthusiast, bit that that whole idea, right, and that concept, I I stored that in my head. I was mm-hmm. like, that is not what this is. Yeah, right. Because I started to see guys they they were able to explain things with competence. Mm-hmm. They knew when something was not repairable, when it was repairable, and what to do in the various situations. It's like, oh, that's a professional. That's so you know. So yeah, and and. That's the, we'll, we'll talk about the interest here in a second, but you know, that, that's kind of where I, I understood that there was calibers. That was when I first realized there's calibers to this stuff. I was like, okay, cool. So I started paying attention to who the guys in the shop were that were on their stuff. You know, and I, I mean, I had the advantage of being a, the advisor. So I, I at least knew what guys did. I knew, I knew what guys did the best work and I was able to kind of focus in on them. Yep. And I'm, you know, I'm doing everything cause I don't have the, I don't have the fancy degree, mm-hmm. right? There's UTI students coming in they're checking everything out. UTIs, if, if you don't know, it's Universal Technical Institute. It's also called NTI. It's, it's the... It is the um, prestigious college in our area, so it's hard to compete, right? I have no, I have no nothing that says I'm, I know anything, right? So I'm trying to do everything I can, you know. Ended up, ended up getting, getting on the line thanks to my mentor. I ended up finding a really good mentor, and I've, I've, I have said I have been very fortunate in the mentors that I've had. We take for granted the, the some of the mentors that we've had throughout, you know, the jobs we've had, and I, I'm, I consider myself lucky. So. It's a, it's a very, uh, it's a quote, not a quotient. It's a part of our industry that's lacking. I feel like it needs work, the mentorship yeah. role. I think it needs a much more defined situation of how to do it and who should do it and the weight that it carries, right? It's too many times that we've seen, well, and there's not necessarily anything wrong with working next to somebody and helping them out and learning. But I mean, too many times it's just been a financial move to do that in this industry, right? And just to put that in, you know, you would do the hard stuff or the physical stuff and his, your production hours are going into his time ticket, right? I'm not necessarily here to say that that's a bad thing, but it can be abused. So continue yeah. on with what you were 
making a good point there. I just oh, I wasn't I was I wasn't crushing hours. I was I was probably doing I was probably doing and screwing up everything that I I could uh, <laughs> on a consistent basis. I was I was trouble trouble road on that. Oh, I mean like not like bad. I was just I was just you know just doing all the all the little silly stuff. And uh, you know I can remember like three months in, he's like you know he's the one of the first things my mentor showed me is he was like, hey, if we're gonna work on this type of car you need to know how to read a, a wiring diagram. And uh, I'm really thankful for that. Mm-hmm. I'm really thankful for that. Right out the gate, we started with wiring. We didn't go to ball joints or anything like that. We started with wiring. And I'm like, why? Well, I, I don't care. Oh, power and ground, dude. I can, whatever. I've seen it. <laughs> and it ended up being key. It ended up, it ended up being super key, you know? Yeah. Um, and he was super patient with me. And I remember a time where he's like, did you check the fuse? I knew where the fuse was. Mm-hmm. I just glanced at it. And he has a four hours, five hours go by. I am literally just counting, you know, the ceiling at this point, you know, I can't find this. Or did you check the fuse? No, I I checked the fuse. Walks over there. He pulls the fuse out. It was the fuse. So it was things like that. And I, I have kind of stored that in my head, right. Of just, of just kind of humbling. I call, I call those light bulb moments. (laughs) They are like, it's when it goes off in your head and it's boom, eyes get woke up like, we, and we, and we all have them, you know, mm-hmm. you, you, you get one win and then there's something silly comes by and you're like, ah, so yeah. Yeah. And I mean that, that worked out good for, for a while. You know, I, I, I was starting out during COVID mm-hmm. or I was, I was going into my first full year as a tech during COVID COVID hit, we shut down. We ended up like the, the big dealer groups, they ended up going on guarantee. We, we dropped, we dropped all work. When, when I say we dropped all work, it wasn't that we dropped some work or half. We stopped having cars for like four weeks. Wow. Now, I talked to the local guys at the independents, and they're like, no, we were rolling. Mm-hmm. We, were, we were rolling solid. Mm-hmm. We didn't skip a beat. So, you know, like the recall stopped. Nobody was coming. Nobody. So, you know, we came off and, we, and was getting decent guarantee and work was just not steady yet. And it, you know, it was frustrating. You're, you're still learning. I, I mean, I had some sort of basis, but you know, you're not, you're not hundred percent efficient, right? Yeah. I'm still, you know, I'm still chasing fuses. I'm still trying to figure out where the water leaks come from, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was another thing too, is, you know, I hear guys and, 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 you know, I'm not trying to say anything, but I hear guys say that they started out and then they, they do breaks. And then they, when you start out, at least at the shops that I've started out on, you, you know, once you go from loop tech, you go straight into diagnosis. Now, the, the definition of diagnosis is different for, for depending on who you are, right? We're, there's no picoscope. Mm-hmm. However, it, it, you know, you're doing check engine light dag, you're doing water rattle, right? You, like you said, rattles, things like that. And, and it's frustrating, you know, because I'm, I'm, I'm new. I'm, I'm spending two hours on a, on a rattle, right? Yeah. And we, we all know that's not efficient. So, you know, I was getting frustrated because the customer pay, the good work, it just, it just wasn't. It wasn't hidden, you know, it, it could have been me, you know, it, it could have been me. It could have been anything. I, I saw a local performance shop. I took, a, you know, an independent performance shop. They did Volkswagen and Audi, you know, and I was like, dude, I'm an enthusiast. You know, I want to chase, you, you were talking about Fast and Furious. I'm, I wanted, oh, the nitrous and the, mm-hmm. the hot spoilers. Oh, let's do it all. You know, the yeah. flames, I, I'm all for it. So at the dealer, were you kind of right after you came out of the loop tech, loop tech role did they start to were you did you go to flat rate right away no no i was on guarantee for a few months i was on mm-hmm. guarantee for probably at least at least six months right so yeah i mean i you know like i said they i don't feel like at least at this dealer group they they do people wrong it's more of just 
you know, I, I'm a, I guess I'm a slow learner in that, in that process. I was really just struggling with, cause I was getting hit left and right, which is like can bus. What is a can bus? You know, like, <laughs> you know, really great jobs, at least, at least at this manufacturer, you know, I talked to a Toyota tech and he's, a, he's, a, I think he was a C tech and he's like, yeah, man, I'm turning 80 hours. And I was like, dude, I, I didn't know a whole lot of techs in that shop that were turning 80, but you know, like I said, it just, I wasn't, I wasn't efficient enough for it. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to take the the step on that. And the, the initiative is it wasn't working. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I went to the independent and I realized real quick for any, any dealer guys out there that are like, I'm going to take the leap to independent. It's going to be, I'm going to do nothing but, you know, Chevy timing chains and, you know, oh man, it's going to be, that's not the case. I realized really quick how the experience I had on the, the new cars didn't, didn't pan to independent. Mm-hmm. And the the stuff that I knew failed was did not like I was working on the same. I got the, I got lucky because I was literally transitioning to the same brand. Yeah, so you kind of some familiar with how to read the wiring diagram, right? Because I know how to that's, change oil on this thing. Yeah, I can right. rotate the the tires so good on this thing. The service information is kind <laughs> of you're familiar. The scan data, how it looks, is you're kind of familiar, right? Well, c- kind of sort of because you know I you know I'm like, what is this thing called, Mitchell? Yeah. What, what what do you mean? What do you mean you don't have the factory scan tool? What what's mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I'm I'm learning all this stuff. I'm like, well, you just call TechLine when it's not good. Yep. Right. That's that's your diag, right? No, <laughs> no, that's not what it is. Well, yeah. and you know, and 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 I want to take a step back and say the master techs in in you know that that Volkswagen dealer they they were good and they they knew their stuff, but I I, I was still somewhat new. Mm-hmm. So not only I'm encountering modified tuned European cars. And my job mainly was to, we was filtering through what was coming in and I'm, I'm doing kind of either a basic diagnosis. And then if it's an advanced diagnosis, I'm letting everybody know, kind of getting that set up and then starting the advanced, you know, diag- Hey, this is more than just a misfire. This has got a bunch of, you know, a bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. So yeah, I was kind of like the, I guess I would call my, I, you know, I was, it was called the, the diagnostic tech, you know, but I was really just kind of filtering through stuff. And I got to see, I, I, I have, I have zero regrets. I got to see some of the most awesome stuff. Like I thought I saw awesome stuff, but you go to an independent and you're like, no, no, the the, the camshaft actuator, it can't explode. That's not a thing. (laughs) And then you go to an independent, you're like, what do you mean you have five? Yep. Yep. You know, it it is, what what do you, what do you mean? You know, I I saw so many crazy failures and then I saw even cooler failures because I was working on enthusiast cars. Yeah. And I've got a story about that for later, but you know, so I'm learning, you know, like you were talking about Jeeps, you know, I'm learning to be, I'm like, what do you mean? You can, you can rail in the bolt and then drive it here with no bolt in there. What do you, is that's possible? You know, (laughs) I think I drove a car one time. They're like, uh, it was like customer States, uh, noise from front end, drive it. And like immediately the suspension, the, the steering wheels like violently shaking, like the lug nuts weren't, were like barely on, you know, lug bolts, you know, things, things like that. So, I got a lot more hands-on and I realized really quick that I had to be a whole lot smarter than I was. And that's when I started looking at, you know, I started looking at, you know, Scanner Danner. I started going through, I'm like, who, who are, who are the people in this industry that have the knowledge that I don't have? And, you know, I'm like, okay, there's these, you know, these expos like, dude, I was a dealer tech. Like you, you go, mm-hmm. you go to manufacture, manufacture trains you, you are now good. Yep. Don't there's think all out, sorts of knowledge out there. Don't think outside the box. No. Oh, dude, no, never again. I I know you've had to think out think outside the box, you know, and and you 
like you were talking, we were, before we started recording, you were talking about welding that, that bolt. Yeah. And you know, you, you probably are like, well, that's no big deal to me, but you got to understand that's a skill that if you're not familiar with this stuff, you don't, you, you don't know. And I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, a more simple version of it, but there's a lot, there's a lot more to that process when you're experiencing higher mileage, you know, older cars or enemy rust there's and that, even but. like you said modified stuff is is modified modified can be anything from animal. like working around a lift kit on a vehicle right how it's changed uh alignment angles to how it's changed driveline angles to you know modified can be well the wiring is rubbing now on this because when he put his cold air intake on right he unplugged the harness from this little catch and now it's rubbing on something it shouldn't when you walk out into modified vehicles you have to think outside the box. You have to be able to uh, get past that. It's always going to be the red car, blue car syndrome, right? It's it's always going to be the same failure because it's not. When you put the enthusiast, a uh, little sprinkle, a little bit of that into the recipe, there's all kinds of opportunity for shenanigans to to go out the window, right? Like it's it's it adds a whole other variable to how it can break. I mean, I, I like it, but it's it's it takes. It takes a different mindset. You just have to pull yourself back from it and go, the time is not, I can't focus on that. I have to think about how this thing works and how they've made it work different and fix it. Well, and, and, you know, at the dealership, I would encounter, you know, just as a tech in general, I shouldn't say the dealer, but I would encounter something and I'd be like, Hmm, I don't really know what over advanced means. Let me figure that out. Mm. I'll start to learn, you know, and then you get little trainings here and there, but you, 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 most guys, listen, I do this every day. Most guys, they'll, they'll rail through the training and then be like, yep, did it, blah, blah, blah. And then I would say, okay, cool. So that means, you know, this is timing. Okay. What is variable valve timing? And, you know, start to go through the loop. And, uh, you, you know, so, you know, you're as a, you know, especially as a dealer tech tuned, tuned is bad. Tuned is bad. If it's, if it's changed, uh, it's not usable. Uh, everything must be stock. And what I realized is on, on 90% of the stuff, it's really not that much different. Mm-hmm. You know, let's say, you know, fuel trims might be different. Certain things might not be there. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but, but it is for the, you know, they don't change. I'm saying this lightly, but they don't change as much as some people think, right? If you're getting a misfire, likely you're getting a misfire because the car, something in the car is, or the engine is not functioning properly. Mm-hmm. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, I don't have you know, all these resources anymore. How do I figure that out? Oh, well, you can use an oscilloscope. You can use a gauge from, you know, your local parts store. You can use all this different stuff, figure it out. And mm-hmm. that's what I'm, I was thankful for because for the most part, I was left alone. They're like, Hey, we need this figured out. Just, just let's, let's get this going. Let's get an idea of what's going on. And then mm-hmm. I started seeing, you know, cause I'm seeing instead of old chains, tire rotate, uh, customer states rattle, customer states waterly coming through, I'm seeing like check engine light, uh, doesn't start, doesn't start, doesn't start, you know, what, what just, just, so I, I started to really kind of understand what it, what it meant to be a technician in the more like like down and dirty kind of just sense. Yeah. Problem solving versus parts changing, right? Let's yeah. let's just say thinking on your feet, right? Mm-hmm. Thinking on your feet because that was just not a skill that I had. Yep. Well, I don't I don't know what brand intake that is. I don't know. And my I remember the shop foreman at, at the time was like, okay, you have a phone? I was like, yeah. He's like, you got Google? I'm like, yeah. Two minutes later I had the answer. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, okay. Well, this isn't so difficult, but it's it's still more research, right? It doesn't matter if we're working on a hundred horsepower Jetta. You still have to kind of you know do research, and if we're working on a factory Jetta, you still have to do uh, research on your scan tool, whatever, to fully understand that stuff. So, and again, I, I had a phenomenal mentor, Josh, the guy, the the foreman of that shop. He does an amazing job. He is more of a fabricator, and I didn't okay. really understand what that was. I was like, you know, he's like, yeah, I do engines and fabrication. And I'm like, okay, what's that? You know, okay, you put pistons in there. And no, there's a lot to that. And just the under, he he really enjoyed the, the little nuts and bolts to mm-hmm. the stuff. And in like really inept detail. Whereas I was like, okay, you know, bolt goes out, bolt goes in. No big deal. He's like, what kind of bolt? What's the grade of the bolt? Like, yeah. I, I mean, it's a bolt. Who cares? You know, and I started really, you know, kind of understanding that. So Again, you know, another phenomenal mentor that I was able to really learn a lot from and gain a lot more respect for what, you know, independents have to see mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis. It's different for sure, right? Totally different mindset, totally different. You know, I equate it a lot to when it's warranty, right? You're kind of, you've got a budget that is much oh, yeah. different than the customer's budget when it's, and even from, you know, I'm not, I'm just going to step away from the performance thing a little bit. When a customer's got a diagnostic dilemma, um, when it's under warranty, you know, yes, there's yeah. there's things you can do, but I mean, do what you got to do, yeah. But there's a the budget is not the same, right? It's 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 they make it up somehow, they make claims, it gets paid, the car gets fixed. When the customer, they cannot have you spending twenty hours trying to dig through a car to, to find a, right. a, a rubbed wire for an intermittent short, you know, and that kind of thing. Like it's a situation of you've got to be able to break that circuit down real fast, get to the problem or figure out, can I, to get from point A to point B, the roadmap initially went this way. If I run a wire and overlay through the harness, right, tape it up, do the whole thing. Am I going to fix the car? Yes. Am I going to do it within a much better time restraint and budget for the customer? Certainly. So, I mean, well, that's the whole here thing. Was I, what I was, I was really facing is, you know, I would, let's say it was more on the electrical side, right? So I get this fault. I'm working on this Audi, which I didn't know a whole lot about at the time. And, you know, I'm getting a, I'm getting a fault on the control module. Who do you call? Mm-hmm. Who do you call when you have a fault on the control module? Well, you don't have a tech line anymore. You don't have... Uh, you know, all this, all this, whatever um, that you used to have, you don't have, you know, 20 guys in the same building that only work on just that car. Yep. Well, now you have to figure it out. Oh, I don't, I'm not going to figure it out. Cool. Okay, cool. We'll, we'll quote the control module. Now this control module, you have to program and we're starting to talk about two, three, four, five thousand dollars cool. Okay, cool. You want to be, you know what you want to guess at it? Cool. You guess at it, you put it in, you plug it in, same fault. Mm. what do you do what do you do and you know everybody in the room knows that you didn't diagnose it right yeah and you don't have any you have no proof you have no oh there's no fault there okay that doesn't hold water to a customer that just paid four grand you You told them yeah and and so you know that's that's where i was starting i was like okay you know scopes come into play you know because i had already had a good you know i felt like i had a kind of a swift upbringing into the least basic electrical doing your voltage drops, things like that. I mean, it's just always something stupid. We had so much coolant migration, so mm. much coolant migration, but you get used to pattern failures too. Yep. And you can't, you can't get too used to pattern failures. Not everything's a pattern failure. There is a no one to hold them, no one to fold them sort of rule, but you need to be able to prove that. 
Hey, hey, boss man, um, listen, we just put this $2,900 computer in this car. However, I have this scope graph that shows that it was dropping out over this time. I have something to show you and the customer mm-hmm. versus, well, I mean, I went on Identifix and yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, it doesn't hold water, man. No, I, I learned really quick that the way I approach things is I try to go and I don't necessarily start my diag at the component, for example, but I want to try and prove or disprove the component as fast as possible. Because if I, you've heard me say the analogy a lot. If I can save that customer and go, well, it's not a $1,000 fuel pump. It's a, it's a circuit issue. I can sell a whole lot of diagnostic time to find why that fuel pump is not turning on before we ever even get close to a $1,000 fuel pump job. Because, I mean, you got to remember thousand dollar fuel pump job when you're working on like a truck and it's a rotten tank and a rotten sender right and you're now going to be escalated into a thousand dollar job if i can go out and go okay that relay is not powering the pump right I, i've went to the pump i can turn the pump on with some other method i can make the truck run so now we just have to figure out why that electrically is not functioning it's so much easier to go with that customer and give them that that peace of mind that says because what they had in their mind was they're they're ready and braced for a thousand dollar at least. You can go out and go. Listen, it's not that. It's something broke. There's a break in the harness somewhere. I can find it. Then they feel better because they immediately go. Okay, even if it's six hours to find this break in the harness and fix it, door rates one hundred and twenty dollars. Say they're less than a thousand dollars. You know what I mean? So that was how I approached it from from two facets. When I was at the dealer under warranty, because you only had, you know, a very short and limited period of time to get to it. And even when I was doing Diag, then the customer was paying for it. It was still, we didn't have a ton of time sold right off the hop. So it became a situation of try to get to the component to prove that it's either failed or good. So that if I, I do have to open up a harness, I have convinced the customer the expensive part is okay, and now we just have to fix the harness. You know, when, and I'd laugh when I'd see guys. I worked with a guy that he was famous for putting harnesses in cars, but he didn't put <laughs> harnesses in cars the way the OE would want them. Some of the time he would take the harness. Well, let's just say we had a box of connectors that were all brand new. Because oh, he, would, he wasn't a cut the carpet type of guy. Yeah, he was cut the no, cut, cut the, the harness. Carpet. Yeah, cut the harness back. Leave that plug in, which you and I know most of the time, the plug is where the the, the issue is going to be. Right, it's going to be the wire how it's crimped onto the terminal or something like that. So none of the harnesses he put in ever fixed the car. Right, <laughs> and it was it was frustrating. I mean, it was great because we had if you needed a connector or a pin or something, you we had a box so you could get it. I would see these, you know. It would take sometimes two months, three months for a harness to be made and come in. And then he would put it in the car for some intermittent, you know, won't start one out of seven days. It's got a long crank or something like that or warning light come on. And I just was shaking my head going, I will never be that type of mechanic ever. Because yeah, once that is out of, you know, like when we're in the, in the aftermarket side of it, the independence, we never tell a customer, oh, it's going to need a harness, at least in my experience. And then, okay, we got to go find your harness. It's, we're going to have to fix what's there, right? Because you just right. can't, you can't get it. It's nobody's going to sell it to you or it's going to, it'd be astronomical to try and find. And I understand you get situations where you get 
battery corrosion wicking into this harness. You talked about coolant intrusion into your wicking through your harness. That's yes, that is a a definite place where you might have to say to the customer, okay, uh, we're gonna have to buy a harness for this. But like when this stuff you're seeing it now, when it's eight, nine years old, even if you know what it is and want the harness, there's nobody that can sell you one. They don't make it. They don't well, that was the thing too. I was I was learning with the with the you know aftermarket parts. I'm like, okay, this part broke, and it's aftermarket, so that means I can't go down to the dealer and get it. Mm-hmm. So what do I do? And you know, my shop foreman would be like, dude, like, listen, man, like we can we can fix it, and if we can't fix it, let's find somebody that can. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what do you mean we can? We can and this is I mean, we can get the factory part. He's like, no, we can fix that. And I'm like, how? And there was always, and after a while, I I started to kind of gain that creativity. So give you know, an example I, of, that, of what kind of part you're talking about there. Like you talking about like um, rebuilding well, the turbo housing or are you talking about? I'm trying to think of something super cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's an S5 manual. I believe it's a B8. It comes with a 4.2 liter V8 and it's sweet. The only thing that sucks about those is they're slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're slow. They're, they're big German V8s. All wheel drive car. Won't get out of its own way. Guy is like, Hey, and that's the thing about enthusiasts, especially you were talking about, you know, fixing their cars and things like that. Once you fix their car, they are a customer for life yeah. because they know there's no shop in this town that wants to t- touch their Jeep suspension, wants to touch mm-hmm. their Honda, none of that. And so this guy was like, hey, listen, you know, th- appreciate you guys fixing the S5. I want to put the supercharger in, tax title fee, cuts the check, no problem. Doesn't ask about the price, just well, what does it take, right? That's the customer you want. That mm-hmm. is the qualified customer. So we put the supercharger in there. Everything's good to go. Um, actually, my foreman, he fabs up like a whole like coolant system uh, for one of the, like the coolant pumps for it. So that was neat. I got to see all that. It goes out the door. It's running for like, I don't know, eight, nine months. Guy's just wailing on it, having a blast. And uh, he comes in one day. He's like, yeah, you know, I got like a little boost pressure. Oh, that's not good. Started looking everything over, you know, does a smoke test and uh, supercharger's leaking. Mm. Now this is a custom made, this is not something you, you know, like this, it's not even remotely, I wish I knew like what core and I wish I was that like nerdy and detailed to it, but this is just not one that we could even send off to a rebuilder for it because it's like the, it's the outer housing that's made for this specific engine mm-hmm. and it's billet. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Dang, that sucks, man. Um, hey, listen, the new one's like eight grand. He's like, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, pull it off. I'm looking at it. I'm like, ah. And this guy straight up fabricates a new piece, then makes braces for the bottom of this thing so it won't break again. Nice. You know, that's the sort of, you know, cool stuff you get to. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you just don't think on the fly like that. I mean, I guess that's kind of an easier example, but there's all those little teeny tiny examples. You know, you put a part on there, whether it be exhaust piece or clamp or whatever, and it doesn't fit right. You shave it down or what have you, you think on your feet, I'm all remove and replace, you know? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's, that's the type of stuff you have to, I think that's one of the things that makes a good tech is being it's, able to think. It was a big change for me when I got to the dealer and I started getting into working on all makes and all models and a different type of budget and whatnot. You learned a lot of the time that, yeah, like I can put a thousand dollar piece of exhaust system on this, right? <laughs> but it's a, it's an aftermarket piece that may only last two more years, or I can go buy a flex pipe for 60 bucks and I can take the piece yep. out of the car. I can weld it back in, put it back in the car. It's going to last, you know, cause that's a, that's a stickler for me with it is exhaust is because the OE stuff lasts so much longer except for the, the yeah, few flanges it that it has or the, or the flex. So it's oh, like it does. if I go and buy a Walker kit 
or, uh, you know, someone else will put it on. I'm going to be changing that stuff out up here at least every two years. It's going to rot away, break off. It's going to be, and my customer is going to be very upset. So I'd rather. And that's another thing that makes a makes a, a a good technician. And you know, like if you're a Jeep dealer, you're not going to know that. No. Like you you have the experience to know the different types of parts. You know, and that's it. it seems cliche. Like okay, cool. Like no. Like you know what parts will fit that car and and whatnot. Every you know, when I was a dealer, I was like, well, if it says the manufacturer on the box, then it's good. Mm-hmm. So. But I got to see, you know, you. I did get to see, they didn't do like all just modified cars, but I got to see like customers, you know, that, that really loved their car that had, had the funds to, to, and had, that had the funds and the shop had built the trust yes. for the customer to say, Hey, listen, if it takes this, let's just do it. Mm-hmm. Let's just do it. Because I know that other shops aren't going to have the, the skills and expertise. So, I mean, I, en- I enjoyed doing that stuff, but the thing, the thing for me specifically is I, while I like the, the ins and outs of that, I really like the tech, mm-hmm. you know, I grew, you know, I, Hey, listen, man, I'm the generation. We, we had phones, we had all this cool stuff. We had computers. It was neat. Like I, that's, that's me. So I, I like the data. I like the, 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 like, Oh, this car has got 80, you know, 80 modules in it. That's neat. I'm mm-hmm. all for it. So, you know, I, I left, I left there, um, you know, I had an opportunity at the Audi dealer and I went there and, you know, I, I, it is a different experience cause it's a, it's definitely a larger, larger slash the same, uh, the, the building size is about the same, but it's, it's larger and like how many cars we do. So things like having a Porter, things like having, you know, multiple, you know, lube techs uh, running, you know, the shop. And so sorry to cut you off. How many cars do you guys are banging in and out a day? Like you, it's a, it's a, can, from what you told me, it's a larger operation, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, well, it's a larger, it, it's, it's only 10 bays, mm-hmm. but our shop is out 48 days on work, which is oh, the wow. highest in North Carolina. I don't know if that's a, that's a great brag. You know, we, we work really hard to get work in and out, but you know, we, that here's the flip flop. We have warranty recalls again. Mm-hmm. So that that is the the more you know solid uh, and dependable work. Unfortunately, uh, we've got a high failure component right now that's dropping out left and right. So I mean, work 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 there is a lot more busy. I didn't feel like my other dealer was was that busy. I also felt like from 2020 to to now, the ecosystem of becoming a technician is becoming a lot different. I don't know if my eye is just opening from perspective. But as far as technician pay and what the skills of a technician are in these days, it's changing, improving. Yeah, in, improving. I, I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I'm I'm an optimist. I really do love my job. I have bad days. Mm-hmm. I had I had a bad day today. I may I have had days where I made four hours. I've had days where I made more. Yeah, you know, it, it's it's not all it's not all you know great. You know, and I I don't just do breaks all day. The, the cool part for me, and I guess this is my, my humble brag or what have you, but because I understand what, what people in the independent shop go through, I, I, I'm a little bit more humbled in, in what I do and in the skill that I do it in. I, so Audi does train you on oscilloscopes. That's the cool part. Mm-hmm. Volkswagen, I think, does, but I don't know how much it's used. I don't want to speak too much on that because I don't, I don't know. But we had one, but definitely no one used an oscilloscope in that shop. Yeah. And I mean, I used an oscilloscope in our shop like probably a month ago. 
I'm no, I'm definitely no, you know, regular scope user, but I understand what it, what it takes when, you know, I have an electrical issue now, what I need to do to properly diagnose it. And I'm not, I'm not as dependent and I still have to lean on my shop foreman. You know, I I'm very humbled because I'm kind of jumbled back in a, you know, as soon as I get used to something, I'm, I'm kind of back into my, you know, my toes. Yeah. Listen, I enjoy Audi specifically and, and, and Euros because they are, very complex and challenging. I'm not saying that the other cars aren't, mm-hmm. but they do everything very specifically. There's no, if it's like this on this car, it's also like this on this car. They're, they don't they throw that a whole ideal yeah. away. You know, the module's completely different. Like they had like ECMs just on European cars. ECMs are like on Volkswagens for the most part are the exact same part number mm-hmm. on the case. Mm-hmm. Same part number. So you could go on eBay, you get your use ECM, no problem. The hardware and software are different. Yeah. You know, it, it's little teeny things like that. I can think of a million of them. I think we all kind of know, but I, I enjoy that. I enjoy all the tech, you know, the ADOS, the, all this, you know, craziness. And, and that's, and that's just something that's just fueled my passion. And, and then, you know, working with, you know, the younger guys. So we had like, at, at, you know, at the other shops, we had maybe like one or two lube guys, but we didn't have like a whole lot of them. I've got like a little gaggle. Um, I've got, well, we have, it's not, they're not mine. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they got, uh, there's, I think there's, um, there's probably about eight or 10 lube technicians and they rotate in and out. You know, I, I love all those guys They're I, 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 they call me shop dad. Call me shop dad. <laughs> Cause I'm like, you know, I'm like, listen, I know you're frustrated with the advisor. It's, you know, it's going to be all right. So I've definitely become a little bit more mature, a little bit more humbled in, in, in like falling into that role. Right. I, I don't know if you've had anyone where you, you, you know, you start to mentor them and kind of take them under your wing. I've had, uh, yeah, I've had in my career one, two. So actually a really good friend of mine has now been at the dealer that I left. I left there shoot 2010 and he was, he worked with me three years before he left. He is now still at that dealer that I left. We talk a lot. Then he, like I got him, he had come from a Toyota dealer down the street where he had only been a quick loop kid and they were not going to put him into anything else. They wanted to keep him there. And he came to our Chrysler dealer down the street. And they threw him into the deep end on engine repairs. And uh, <laughs> I could still remember he would frustrate me some days because he came in, not a lot of tools. He was very, in hindsight, very smart with his money about how he spent it on tools. So he would be borrowing a lot, but he had the right kind of attitude and he had the right kind of, you know, he, he, I don't want to say like I was hard on him, but he didn't, you could, you could be like a shop dad to him and say, no, this isn't, you didn't do this right. You screwed this up. And he would, he didn't get all butthurt about it and run off and not talk to you. At the end of the day, you were still friends. You were still coworkers. He could still come to me. And to this day, like if he's got an off brand or even sometimes still he'll call me and I'm like, I got a Chrysler and it's doing this. And I'll be like, <laughs> and I can't really give him the answer anymore because he's working on newer stuff than me, but it's a different, it's just a different perspective of, of what would I do on that repair? How would I go about that diagnostic process? And we get to the, to the end of it, but he is a fantastic engine tech. Now he's kind of the, he's one of the, I want to, he's not a shop foreman role, but he's kind of, somewhat of that now at the dealership and then i have another 
uh, young ones, same thing. He came with me as a co-op student. So co-op up here was like, he's still a, he was in his final year of high school and he would come and work at the shop two days a week. And then he would be in class, classroom back at the school, high school, the other three days of the week. And he would work with me. He's now what we call up here, a licensed tech. He's been, he's had his, you know, he's been a licensed tech 15 years. He's a Ford master certified tech now. He wow. got his master status at Chrysler. F- absolutely brilliant tech. Fantastic. See, but he's, I- a, he's a musician as well. So as great as he is as a mechanic, we'll talk sometimes and he's like, and he, so he's in a, he was in a country band, played drums. They had a couple hits here, um, did really well, went out on tour, everything else. And he's like, it's really hard to go back now as a mechanic when you boat on, on tour playing <laughs> drums in a, in a country band. So when it gets busy at tire season up here, he would go into the dealership and he would work a little bit, just mostly getting their tire rushed down and helping them out. But he's like, if I could just keep making music for the rest of my life, he says, I would <laughs> not be a mechanic. So I've had, I've been very fortunate. I've had a lot of, a lot of kids have mentored under me in the dealership role. I've, I had a, I've had some fantastic mentors in my career, same as you. Right. Different perspectives. Like I have had guys at the dealer that were like absolutely phenomenal on diagnosing that brand. They knew it inside. Now, like I can remember when the neons were new. I, <laughs> I saw the guy that my shop form at the time, he was so fast on a neon. I saw him put four pistons in a neon because they were noisy. They used to rattle when they were cold. I'm not kidding you when I said he had those four pistons in and was putting the head back on in under an hour. Wow. Like he was, he just, he had done so many of them. I'd never seen anything so fast as my life. And he wasn't just like a nuts and bolts guy. He could like, he, he knew, he was one of those, he knew the product inside and out. He knew all the wiring pro- the problems to look, how to read the wiring diagram. Like he didn't have to flip the fuse box cover over and look to know which fuse was which that was all memorized he'd worked on some of them it was amazing well to and see. that's you know and see that's cool hearing it from you you know it's just like you 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 don't you don't know sometimes how that like the effect mm-hmm. right and we have people that make a really good effect on us and you know we 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 appreciate it but we may never you know tell someone else um but it really, you know, has a lasting impression. 